Today on Green and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about burnout, and it's going to be fire. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Krina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we are here to talk to you about the exciting, the ever amazing phenomenon of burnout. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to set it up. I'm set just trying it to make it it's like a super be, like exciting. I said, fire. <laughs> um, because what do we want, Kirsten? Ease, meaning, and joy. For- and you know we want a lot of it for women at work and everywhere. And everywhere. And if there's, not, if burnout isn't a buzzkill for ease, meaning, and joy. It's a buzzkill. For a lot of Absolutely. things. Absolutely. What an interesting subject to research to. And um, before we dig into it, I have to apologize to listeners. My neighbor is pressure washing. On the land of the Coast Salish people. <laughs> on the land of the Coast Salish people. We are on the land of the Coast yes. Salish people talking about burnout and and recognizing that somebody is power washing on this land right across the way. Right across the way. And I do not have control over it as much as I wish I could. So folks may hear that, if nothing else. Or a lovely sound engineer, Stacy may just magically make, make it, it disappear. all disappear for you. Thank you, yeah. Talking to Crows. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but so in preparing for this show, I came across my new favorite quote. Hit me. It is. I mean, not literally hit me. I shouldn't use those <laughs> kinds of words. Lay it on me. Yeah, no violent <laughs> language here. Yes, my nonviolent, my new nonviolent communication skills. Um, so it was from a Brene Brown podcast, which we will reference regularly throughout mm-hmm. this show. She interviewed two amazing women, actually sisters, who wrote twins, a, twins, identical twins, Emily and Amelia Nagoski, who wrote a book on burnout. Um, but the t- the quote that she said was uh, that people spend so much time believing that we are cognitive rational beings who occasionally have emotions when in reality we are feeling beings who occasionally think isn't that great i can't remember which of the twins said that yeah i don't know i think she was reading it It like it was a direct quote from the book from the book yeah yeah but i was outside when i was listening to this i was outside doing yard work and she said that and i just exclaimed to myself i just spoke to the pot i was just like yeah oh my god like that was isn't it just like when somebody says something like that you're like wow that is right yeah and also counter to kind of what i really Mm -hmm. want to believe Believe. is true yeah for sure because of course i think we're always cognitive rational thinking beings and Mm -hmm. and every once in a while emote when in fact nope emotions are huge in fact you are always always having emotions which is the core of this episode on burnout yes. and you know everything we do every time we do this Karina we do the research we think about the topic we talk about it incessantly I totally <laughs> we call each other three times other, I talk to my husband about it I talk to my friends about it um, and I always learn something for sure and there's times when there's things I need to learn and there's times when I'm surprised yeah. and this is one of the episodes where I was really surprised to learn that what 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 you're going to hear, friends, is that fundamentally at the heart of burnout are emotions. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yes. And not only that, emotions that live in our bodies, bodies in our yep. cells, mm-hmm. in our organs, in mm-hmm. our brain. They mm-hmm. are an electrical current that runs through mm-hmm. us. And, um, you know, and they have a lot of impact on how we experience the world. And, and you know, frankly, how we whether or not we burn out. Yes. So, yeah, that was crazy. So we're going to talk a lot about what burnout is, 
how it sneaks up on you, uh, some of the elements of burnout, and then certainly, hopefully, get around to seven hours later what you can do about it. Seven hours later. <laughs> it's going to be a marathon, people. Sit down, make yourself cozy. Yeah. Get a snack. No. Fill up your water bottle. No, we're just kidding. It's not going to be seven hours. No, put on your headphones and go for a run because it's going to be good. And 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 I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. It's There's no question it's going to speak to a lot of people. You know, Gallup released a poll in 2021, and we'll talk a bit about some of the results from that. But one of the, I mean, the first thing they say is 76% of workers experience at least sometimes burnout in the workplace. 76%. Yeah, so almost 80% of us mm-hmm. are experiencing this on some level. And Kirsten, you're the one who wanted to do this episode in the first place because you were saying everybody you know is burned out. I'm like that is such a common all the time from my clients, from my friends. And here's what I've, you know, I've even had male clients and male friends use the word burnout with me, which has never happened before. Seriously, I can't think of a time where a male has used that word to describe himself. Oh, that's interesting. It just feels like it's everywhere right now. It's all over the media, too. I mean, I'm sure people are seeing it as well as I. I mean, I'm, people are having the same experience I'm having probably or similar. Yeah, I mean, we are definitely all living a lot of the same mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting, that whole gender thing, too. Because I don't think women, it's not because women are weaker and we burn out more. I think it's because we bear so much of the burdens of of life that, of course. And one of the things that we see through the thread of this show is that it is easier to become burnt out when you have more work, carry more load, have more things on your plate. Yeah. And more uh, Mm -hmm. cognitive um, burden as well, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite phrases of the week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cognitive burden. Nice. Which it just really does like. Just like it's all that crap that goes on in your head. Mm-hmm. So much of it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question totally off the um, script here. Not that we have a script, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I just laugh at the thought we'd actually have a script. I'm like, what? Read this word for word. That's the way we roll around here. Have you ever, have you been one of those 76% of people who've been oh, burnt out? come on, everybody. I mean, I think all the listeners can answer that question. Okay, but I just don't yeah. treat me like Hells that. yeah. I mean, seriously, Karina, I mean, I think I am, in some respects, the poster child of burnout. I do. Yeah. I do. Not all the time, but there's no question that I get burnt out. That's why I took my sabbatical. You know, I was just like at my wit's end. I mean... Yeah, no, I I feel this episode deeply and these things reson- resonate deeply with me. And I really don't think I'm alone. No, I mean, clearly you're not. The one thing that I have learned a lot in my life is every time I think, oh, it's just me. It's uh-huh. so not me. <laughs> it's no. the best thing is I, you know, just the more I see that, mm, it's not you, KB. Not that special. No, not that special. <laughs> I am. And I'm not. No, right? amazing. Yes. Absolutely. But also and yep, not. experiencing the human experience right <laughs> alongside everyone else. You know, I can say that I only felt, I felt burnout. The, the time that I felt it the most, I think was, uh, well, the two times I felt it the most was young children. Yes. Young, young babies at home and, and building a house. And a big job. And a big job. And, and that's huge. Little kids building a house. And we were, we were the ones hey, swinging the I hammer. Know, I know. And build and then big job. And big job. That's a lot. That was a lot. And it, But I also I would say um, now looking back and having done this research um, for this show, I, the reason I left my job too was I was, I think I was approaching mm. full scale burnout and I knew that it just wasn't going to work for me. So um, 
See, that's the difference between yeah. <laughs> Like, you're like, hmm, I think I'm getting burnt out. I'm going to do something about this where I am like, wow, I am a hot mess. <laughs> and I got to keep moving. I got to keep going, going. Yeah. Um, no. So I hang out with you because hopefully it rubs off on me. Oh, my God. And you just have more stamina than me. That is for damn sure. That can be really a burden to be so, to have so much stamina and resi- resilience. I mean, it can really work against you sometimes, <laughs> just to be clear. That's good okay, to know. let's get back. Let's let's talk about what burnout is. Yeah. Well, there is a definition. Interestingly, the World Health Organization has now added this to their list of like diseases to to watch. Mm -hmm. So for the first time in history, burnout has actually kind of gotten a real life diagnosis. It's a Mm -hmm. a real life syndrome. And, you know, the, the, the definition of the syndrome is that it's a chronic workplace stress, which I found interesting that it was specific to workplace. And and I'm going to push back on that a a little bit because, you know, we know better than the world health organization, (laughs) (laughs) but according to their definition, it's a chronic workplace stress that has not been managed successfully. Right. And it's and and I'm not managing your workplace stress successfully is sort of an interesting piece, but it's also characterized by three things. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Okay. Yep. Increased mental distance from your job. So you start to disconnect from Mm -hmm. your job for Mm -hmm. sure. Or you start to feel negative or cynical Mm -hmm. about your work. Right. And for me, this expresses an irritability. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so your emotions around your work just mm-hmm. start to turn dark, Negative. downward spiral, and then also a reduced professional efficacy, which, which if you look at a burned out person, 76% of employees and maybe more during the COVID, during COVID, are, have workplace stress that they're not managing successfully. They have depleted energy, mm-hmm. distance from their job, negative or cynical, and, they're, and they have uh, decreased efficacy. They're shittier at what they're doing. Which then makes you feel worse. That, just a little cycle. Yeah, let me show. I want to just go back to this workplace piece. Yeah. So when I was doing my research for this show, it was clear to me that this concept of burnout really came primarily out of the healthcare profession. Yeah. And looking at nurses. Um, Christina Maslich was the first person to kind of create this burnout inventory, which we'll talk about. But just because that's where we figured out about it or found out about it or realized that this was a thing doesn't mean that you can't have burnout in rearing your children, child care or, you know, other work, quote unquote, that you have in the world. Yeah. So and I think that's even good, if it's unpaid, that's a good distinction. It's not just how you feel about your job that you your get paid, paid job. For. It's all of the work. It's mm-hmm. the second shift and the third shift mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Children, elder care, family, house, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Do you want to talk any more? <laughs> What? I feel so affirmed. Thank you. Oh, it's what I do. Good boy. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Do you want to talk any more about Christina's um, research and that inventory? Well, she has these four questions that I thought were really helpful. And this was like, this is from research several decades ago. And her four questions are, 
how often are you tired and lacking energy to go to work in the morning? How often do you feel physically drained, like your batteries are dead? How often is your thinking process sluggish or your concentration impaired? How often do you feel emotionally detached from your coworkers or your customers? And I would say, or your family yeah. or your friends or your ch- yeah. and unable to be sensitive to their needs or even negatively respond to their needs. So that's what I love those four questions, because if you're saying those things are happening to you pretty regularly, great sign of burnout. Although, according to the data, you should probably just assume you You are burnout burnout. and then go the other way and see, can I take myself out of this group (laughs) of people? Because that's where most of them are. Anyway, you're automatically, yeah, automatically assume you do. What's interesting about, I mean, about you reading that. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I don't know if you notice the blank look on my face. I have it so often. It's probably just <laughs> natural. But I <laughs> I was I just said the only the two times I felt burned out uh-huh. and they weren't during COVID. Yep. But literally I would say after having you read those questions to me, I all my I was kind of tearing up. Yes. Like, oh wait. I remember. I am I have been. In fact, I might be. Honest to God, that question for how often do you feel emotionally detached from COVID? I actually said recently, I'm just done caring. I mean, I literally said that. And someone said, what do you mean you're done caring? I'm like, I just don't care anymore. I just feel so emotionally detached from so much of it. I just don't even care. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Shit. shit. (laughs) No, I'm not joking. Come sit next to me, my friend. I know. You're in good, good company. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like I have a well of emotions around just like learning this right now on the air. At this moment. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Right now I need a sip of tea. Take a sip of tea. Just give me a second. Take a sip of tea. Take a deep Mm -hmm. breath. Mm -hmm. Because as we'll find out, those are the things. Right. Those Those are are the the things. things. Bizarrely enough, I do not want to admit it, but those are the things. But why? Why? What is leading to this? Mm -hmm. I mean, really, truly, what is leading to this? It's not just added work. It's not just we have more to do than we have time to do in the mm-hmm. day. Which is a factor, but it's not just that. No. According to Emily and Amelia Nagoski, who wrote this book called Burnout, 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 The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. You know, it, it isn't just this added work. It's not just the additional mm-hmm. cognitive load. Mm-hmm. It's not just the fact that there's more things to do uh, than we have time to do in the day. It's truly an emotional response. And then, yes, that takes us back to the World Health Organization definition, which is unsuccessfully managing stress. Yes. So it makes total sense to me. And um, Amelia and Emily talk about the research of Dr. Freudenberger that that discusses like this is their book is wonderful. I actually listened to two different podcasts that talked about the book. And then I listened to Brene Brown, who actually spoke to both of them, which was wonderful. Um, And so they're a research-based book as well. Yeah. Like, they're just not making this stuff up. They are very grounded in research. Both of them have PhDs, one in music and one in counseling or cognitive mental health counseling. Yeah, some sort of behavioral health. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but they're – here is – Here is the nugget, folks. When we started this episode, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get burnout. You have to just dig into deep with self-care. Just dig in deep with self-care. Dig in deep with self-care. It's been time. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, right? It's not all this. It really is not all this. And (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to have to slow that down. I don't think so because people know it's just blah, blah, blah. It hardly makes any sense. 
What I realized in this is that when you carry too much for too long, when you are in that emotional, that neurological response to whatever stress there is, I have too much to do. I can't get it done. How am I going to get this person picked up? My house is a mess. The back of my car is full of laundry to take to the laundromat and Amazon purchases to return. And I got to go from my mom's. All of that keeps going on over and over and over. So your body is in a constant state of like heightened mm-hmm, stress, despair, concern, you know, all of those things. And you don't get a break. So remember when we talked about the emotional response, like how on the trauma episode, metabolizing, metabolizing your emotions. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. us, uh, so we talked about the gazelle who gets chased by the the lion and then it's over. And then they have this kind of emotion. They have this kind of physical response where they kind of shake or whatever. And then they get up and they go start grazing again. Done. Over. Why is it that humans don't do that? We don't complete our emotions. We don't finish them out. We just sit in them. And I think That's because we've got this whole social construct around us that doesn't really allow for that. Right. And what Emily and Amelia say is by uh, by not dealing with those emotions Mm -hmm. and taking them all the way through what they say is an emotional tunnel Mm -hmm. that has a beginning, middle and end. Got to get out of the tunnel. By not taking your emotions all the way through to the very end, you actually just internalize them Mm -hmm. in your body, in your organs, in your cells. And it le- chronic fatigue syndrome, <laughs> cancer, ir- you know, irritable bowel syndrome, all these things, headaches, backaches, lack, lack of sleep, etc. Mm-hmm. It leads to all of these physiological things that you are that that you then deal with. Which is why you feel like shit when when you're burned burned out. out. Right. And it's also leading to burnout. It's this emotional, physical response to not managing the the stress and you know they distinguish and this was my learning they distinguish two things like when you're faced with with when you're faced with the thing the challenge the con the barrage of things mm-hmm. that you're dealing with mm-hmm. they call those stressors the people the tasks the thoughts etc well we are so well trained and i speak for myself to just deal with the stressor oh yeah go solve that problem solve it fix it change it yeah. move it manage it control yeah. it mm-hmm. but but what we need to do is spend as much time, if not more, dealing with the stress itself. Again, mm-hmm. taking those emotions all the way through. And that was just like, wait, what? And here we come back to one of those big themes of all of our shows, which is what is it that I can do? What can we do as individuals to create more ease, meaning, and joy? In this case, probably more ease and joy, right? Yeah. Um, that it's not sometimes controlling what happens on the outside, but what happens on the on inside? the inside? I know, I know, right? Which okay. always comes back to. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what you can do about this. But for me, recognizing that burnout is is a diagnosable syndrome that has its roots in your emotions and is frequently caused by just this inability or uh, or you know, sort of emotions left untended to in your body isn't is an int. I mean, such a good. That's such a great summary of where we just went. Do they? <laughs> My gosh, thank you. No, thank you. 
That's for letting really... me do it. I have to do that. You know I have to do that in order to move on. Okay, let me just figure where we are and then we can move on. Let me just, I said to somebody the other day, I am cripplingly linear thinker. So just Thank you. stick with I, me on this yeah. for just a second. I should be because I'm a lawyer, but I'm not. No, it's why you got friends like me. So, but the other piece of this is that, you know, before we go jump to solutions, you may be somewhere on the burnout scale. This is, and so, yes. This is not something that happens. You don't wake up tomorrow and say, oh, yeah, I just got burnt out yesterday. Yeah. It's something that happens over time. Yes. And that was also simulating for me. This is gradual. And there are signs. It's actually there are signs at every stage that we frequently ignore. When Nona University did some work, this is quite some time ago, like two decades ago, that is still really good, really well-cited work about how burnout develops in the different stages of, of burnout. Yeah. And, and you know, stage one, which is bizarre to me, but stage one is sort of the honeymoon I stage. I hate that word. <laughs> you hate honeymoon? I hate the word honeymoon. It just seems like, I don't know. But it is marked by... You're happy. So they say, okay, oh, so you're in a job, you have a bunch of tasks mm-hmm. coming at you, and you've got this kind of high associated with them. You've got a challenge. Your 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 value, your you high, know, you feel energetic, you feel creative. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, but there may be some stress coming at you because of the tasks or the responsibilities in front of you, but you're still doing okay. Here's, That's where they want everyone to basically be and stay at. Here's the line I like from the from the work. It says in theory, if patterns of coping are positive, adaptive, then you will remain in the honeymoon stage indefinitely. Big, f- but it's and then it says, but few people do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and that is key, right? Coping. If you have positive coping mechanisms and you're adaptive, and I would argue, if conditions allow, because mm-hmm. workplace conditions really do play a role. Yeah, you may stay here, but you, most people don't. In fact, you people move frequently through stage two, three, four, and five. And we'll make sure to put this chart or the, some of the details of the Winona University study in our show notes. But I think the real point to be made here is that you go from feeling pretty decent when you're tackling a challenge to yeah, kind Ooh, of. I feel like I'm really juggling some things. I feel like I'm. Mm, I'm not sure this is really going so great. Or maybe I have some stressors here. Maybe I'm not sleeping as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just a little more tired than I normally am. And then those symptoms become chronic. Then you're like tired all the time. Or you start to get sick. Or maybe you get some little bit pissy, as my dad would say. A little angry. Mm -hmm. A little bit bit, uh, depression. Depression. Mm -hmm. A little testy. And then you go, that's only stage three. Mm -hmm. And and, and And then... We move to crisis, which is just like you can imagine pessimism and obsessing about work frustrations and really developing kind of like escapist mentality. I can't wait to get out. Which is where I was when I took my sabbatical. I was in crisis. You were in crisis. And that's why I was I was in crisis stage four. I was like, I've got to escape. I have to get out of here. Oh, I didn't know that, Kirsten. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I'm glad you afforded yourself that time. I then. afforded myself that time. But it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't take it anymore. No. So, so that's stage four. I did get all the way to four. Yeah. And that's <laughs> not even the end. No. Stage five. Enmeshment. It's just like this is your life. It's so embedded in who you are mm-hmm. that that's just it. Mm-hmm. And people stay in stage five burnout for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Well, I would argue until they either get really, really sick or something else. I just don't know that you can really practically stay in stage five. 
You certainly aren't going to get joint meeting knees. That's true. No, I think you stay you you stay in stage five and you have some physical or emotional problems that you're you know that you're mm-hmm. managing or dealing mm-hmm. with, but it's not good. No, it's not. good. It is no bueno. No, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It's really bad. And and again, there are all of these things in your life mm-hmm. that could be triggering the emotions that are behind burnout. The burnout. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk? I do. I want to talk about those because (laughs) I have so much experience. (laughs) So for me, I'll talk about my own stuff first. Uh, It's just too much work. It's too many deadlines. It's too many things. It just piles on, piles on. For me, it's just too much and deadlines being too fast. So that's my own. um, That's my that's my own kind of take on this. The other thing is we are living in, I think it's a burnout culture. Yeah. Without question. Yes. Working hard is elevated, you know, making a lot of money, achieving a lot of things, being busy, being important. It's all so elevated and nobody really stops to think, Hmm, what is the effect of this? Mm -hmm. What's the effect of this? So I think, you know, it's easy for me to, to accept those things or to deal with those things or to not address them effectively because everybody around me encourages to do it. That's the culture. You might be experiencing burnout or, or um, having some of the emotions that will eventually lead to burnout because you're not honest with yourself. Yes. And this is one where we're always trying to yes. hammer people, if only they would listen. Yeah. That you got to get. <laughs> if only I would listen. <laughs> you got to get real with, with yourself. yourself. But you gotta have time to do that. Yes, you, you have, have to have space. You have to have space, and you have yeah. to have people around you who yeah. will reflect back, and you have to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't mean to diminish, um, but you know. And then another one is is that you've experienced trauma, mm-hmm. you know. And so and that and again, I mean, there's no um, question that a lot of this is overlaid with trauma, and in right. fact, you know, your trauma response is a lot of the same stuff that ultimately leads to burnout. And if you're in trauma, you're still in that elevated emotional state, right? Yeah. And your trauma is triggered. And so trauma is one of the big um, factors in burnout. Yeah. And I think, you know, in all of these examples, really what it's pointing out for me is that your experience in the world really can have a significant impact oh, yeah. on whether or not where you are on that burnout mm-hmm, scale mm-hmm. and 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 how long you stay mm-hmm. in burnout and it's everything from adverse childhood experiences and trauma to race and gender mm-hmm. to just what the stories you tell yourself on a daily basis whether and you're the honest experiences with yourself. we've had yeah and the chemistry in our body yeah mm-hmm. and in, but the other thing, so Gallup just did a massive, they just released a Which massive Which is where I got study. that 76% number from. Yeah. And it's it's actually released data from COVID times. Mm-hmm. So I think it just came it out just like came in out. a couple of- September, I think. Yeah, I was going to say a month or two mm-hmm. ago. Um, and all about burnout. You know, they say that an, another large factor in this is really how your what your workplace is like. Yes. And as we know, my boss is a bitch. No, uh, you know, mine mine is an (laughs) asshole. And that is leading to a lot of this stuff as well. And and, and it's interesting because, you know, I think about when I was reading through what they had to say, 
You know, and they're saying things like, look, unfair treatment at work mm-hmm. and an unmanageable workload and unclear communication from the person you work for mm-hmm. and frankly, of you know, uh, um, kind of uh, un- a lack of support from that from, man- from, 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 from your managers, mm-hmm. you know, and these like unmanageable workload combined with an unrealistic you know, time pressure, which is what I said is my trigger. Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. Those are things that lead to lead your employees to have these emotions. And then, and then, uh, you know, I'm saying it again, and then how those employees deal with those emotions then lead to burnout. But this link between your workplace, like truly whether or not someone is clear with you about what your job is and what your job is not, or, whether or not you have enough time to complete mm-hmm. the task or whether or not you feel like you can go to your manager and say, man, I just really, you know, I, I need your support on this thing. I don't know what, you know, which way is up or whatever. Those are the factors that lead to, and 78% or 76% of people are feeling this. So what does that say about the workplaces? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are, I see it in clients all the time yeah we are pressing pedal to the metal yep change 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 modify 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 and before covid i mean covid has made it worse Mm -hmm. and and then this you know and then this disconnect between who is running the show and who's doing the daily Mm -hmm. work and all of that just creates these conditions where burnout can take hold and no wonder, you know, if you think about the last, whatever, a couple of episodes we did about the great resignation, no wonder people are stepping away mm-hmm. because a lot of these things are outside of our control. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, so for people that do have these things in their control, for people who are business owners, who are managers, who are employers, those are really important things to know about how your employees are having are experiencing the workplace. Yeah, yeah. And so it seems to me that the answer to that, Karina, for for managers, employers, is to hey, listen to people about their concerns and address their concerns, um, because then they'll feel supported. Maybe you'll solve some of those problems about why they feel they don't have as much time as they need, or they're being asked to do more work than they can complete. Yeah, right. And we always talk about teamwork too. Um, really encourage people to work together, um, share those labors, right? Yeah, yeah. Figure out how to get things done together so people don't feel so alone. Yes. Right? Put pe- Yes, exactly. Like you just said, team team building mm-hmm. and, and cult- a culture that respects um, individuals and feels supportive mm-hmm. and g- gives people an opportunity to have community. Respects their opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing um, that I think people struggle with, a lot of the people I work with struggle with, is this whole clear communication thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, for me, it's... It's something that's more tangible in some ways than listen to your employees' concerns. I mean, you can listen to your employees' concerns, but that's, you also have to, they also have to feel comfortable expressing them. And then you have to make sure you're interpreting them. Like it takes, that's a lot of communication skills that not everybody has or uh, listening skills everybody has or um, create sense of team. Like that's hard. Like I get it. And I, that's a lot of work, Mm -hmm. but something you can do today if you're a manager Mm -hmm. is is think about who needs to know what today and make sure that they are clear on it. And that seems overly simplistic, but 
this this notion that everybody is working together and frequently don't have any clue what the other members of their team are doing or how their work contributes to the greater good or who's making the decisions or whose responsibility is what. And if you can nail one thing that will have a pr- tremendous impact on your employees' um, experience and their burnout level, get better at mm-hmm. who knows what when. It's interesting you say that. I have a client who has an entirely remote workforce. And they have a nine o'clock call every morning, all hands on deck. And I feel like what you just articulated, who needs to know what, happens every day with them. And it's interesting because I don't see or hear a lot about burnout from the people that I deal with from that company. It's no wonder to me. It's just interesting. I just put those two things together right now. Yeah, I Hmm. love that. You know, in fact, I don't know, I've read a million different things, but... And I thought that just because they were just a bunch of happy people. It's but of course, yeah. there's reasons people are yeah, happy. Yeah, there are reasons. And I read a similar um, example about this. Um, it was a military example, in fact, about like this general who had people stationed all over. I might have even been Afghanistan. And he did a daily, it was like a two-hour daily meeting with everybody on his team it was like a hundred people and it created the sense of cohesion and and teamwork and clarity that that is now probably changed the other six hours of work in the most meaningful way exactly and it's i mean it was so revolutionary and so effective that it's now being cited you know in organizational development literature as a as this it's just such a key and a key to so many things and, I, and obviously to burnout as well. Communication, communication, oh my God. So what managers can do is really more around controlling con- the conditions, right. right? What we do, what we can do is sometimes control conditions, but really also the number one thing, at least according to Emily and Amelia, is manage, get those emotions all the way through the tunnel. Process those emotions all the way. Get them done. Yeah. Don't live in the state. And just because you ignore something does not mean it goes away. No, and in fact, it's it's it 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 actually builds on itself. We it's you know we in the stages, the five stages of burnout. But the way that you can process emotions was really kind of cool, because you know they they talk through a million different examples. At least on the Brene Brown episode of the, that I listened to when they're talking about their book. But Kirsten, it reminded me of all the things that you say regularly. Breathe. Oh, yeah. Get a cup of tea. Take a hot bath. Take a hot bath. Call a friend. Call a friend. Go for a walk. Watch a funny movie. Right. Laugh. Get outside. Which I've always like honored as things that you love and kind of internally rolled my eyes like, yeah, but I don't know what you're. Yeah, but you got to deal with the problem. And your your whole mantra about self-care and taking those moments must have been a response to you feeling in your body what your body needed. Yes, I think that's exactly right. The thing that I learned about that kind of what has become now intuitive after low these many years, what has become an intuitive response, the thing that I learned is it's like you have the emotion. We are these our bodies are are wired to respond to threat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something that's going to hurt or injure you. So how do I tell my body that we are safe? Yes. Right. I just looked at 70 emails that all need to be answered in the next two hours. And I am freaking out. And so I need to step back and say, Kirsten, you're safe. And so I I added to this just most recently. I realized I've done this, but I would add to this list that we've just talked about all the things. 
Uh, talk to yourself. Tell your body it's safe. I, I was really freaked out about something just, just yesterday. And I took the dogs and I went outside and I said, Kirsten, you are okay. You just need to take a deep breath. Breathe in four, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. Do that four times. You are going to be okay. Oh my gosh. It, I was outside. Yep, which it is was one of the things. Raining. Which is not one of the things. But I had my dogs and I did the little breathing thing and I talked nice stuff to myself. And I went back in and I just, I mean, my situation didn't change, but I did feel better and I wasn't having that same emotional response. Right. And that's what was so revolutionary to me about the, um, about Amelia and Emily's book and about the research that they did and the research they discovered, you need to fully process that emotion, tell your body that you're okay, and then you can move on. Yes. Yeah. And then you don't internalize it and build on 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 it until you're to the point where you're at stage five burnout and you have to quit your job and it takes years to and recover. And it takes four years to recover. Which is also, which is true. I mean, and that's what some people were citing. But it's interesting, this whole talking to yourself too. Remember the episode we did on um, how your body speaks to yes. you? The things yeah. your body What does your body tell you? You know, yeah. One yeah. Of my favorite ones has always been the power pose. I think I might even be doing it now while we're talking. Kind of sort of, yeah, I agree. That just sort of changes the physiology, changes the chemicals in your brain and your mm-hmm. body to feel a different way um you know that sort of fake a smile and it does the same yes. thing to your endorphins as a real smile does mm-hmm. talking to yourself in the third person is one of the most powerful I know, I love things it you can so do much. so kirsten and you I've are going to be fine i've gotten really good at being nice to myself <laughs> is, i'm super positive that with is myself. so much better <laughs> so and those are the things this is the thing like yeah. these are the things you can do proactively mm-hmm. to keep yourself out of burnout or to t- probably taper back, get yourself out of like to, to move from stage three to stage two yep. or vice for, you know, or down the line. Or hopefully right back into the honeymoon stage. Ho- which if that's even we're not going to call. Let's rename it. Well, now in the university we're renaming Too bad. It. But there, you, there are also people who are in like full scale burnout who mm-hmm. need to get out. And, you know, there is, they actually, you rec- you have to do recovery. Right. And a lot of, the, it's interesting. I read a couple of articles that people who were in burnout wrote and or even on these podcasts I listened to the, where it was like, oh, I needed four years to recover from my burnout or I needed a year to recover from my burnout. And the thing that I want to make sure that we don't miss is how, okay, when we're trying to prevent getting to that place where it takes maybe years to recover, how do we know we have processed those emotions? How do we know that we can move on? How do we know that we've breathed enough, cried enough, you know, tensed all of the muscles in our body long enough? And the Nagoski twins say, you will feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. You need to listen and be aware of your body. And when you move towards peace, you have processed that emotion. Not that it might not come up again, mm-hmm. but that for the moment when you move towards peace, I was like, wow. And you know what? Honestly, you could freaking pay attention to find that. Yes, you do. And but when you do, you know it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. it. I knew it yesterday when I was standing outside in the rain. I was like, oh, I'm moving towards peace. Yeah. There we go. And uh, it's funny because I told you last night. So um, 
I'm just in the middle of probably the busiest time I've ever been since I became a consultant. And I was laying in bed processing a million things. I couldn't sleep. And a lot of cognitive work. Cognitive work. Like a lot of complicated, how do we put this together? How's this going to work? All these humans, all these ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like I am spinning plates full of three-dimensional puzzles that I'm trying to put together in my brain at the same time right now. And I could, I was, so I'm problem solving before I went to bed. And, and that's I thought, why you do such good work because you recognize that you are in the middle of putting together a three-dimensional puzzle, right? Uh -huh. I mean, you get it. You get all the different facets. Thank you. But lots to carry, friend. Lots to lots carry. Lots to carry. Mm -hmm. And I was laying in bed last night processing it all. And I realized, Karina, you can't do this. You got to, this is emotional. You have an emotional response. To your, You're actually to your not really doing work. You're not doing work. <laughs> Calm down, girl. And I did one of their suggestions. I tensed all of the muscles in my body for as long as I could hold it. Like I've started almost kind of shaking in, in bed. And then I let him out and I did a big couple of big deep breaths, big in, you know, slow in, even slower out. And I told you that today, mm -hmm. you're right to sleep. I don't even remember falling asleep. It's so great. It happened like that. So and I think that's it. I think that I listened to my body and I felt it. I felt like I was moving towards peace and I was out. I was out like a light. And, you know, again, I didn't internalize that emotion. So I staved off maybe mm -hmm. moving into stage five mm -hmm. for one more day. Yeah. But, you know, there. I also want to say there are people who are in a place, and maybe it is for stage four or five, um, burnout, where no amount of deep breathing mm -hmm. and muscle tensing and tea and hot baths are going to get you mm -hmm. to the next, I mean, get, get you out of where you are, out of where you mm -hmm. are. And that's, I think, where the world, recognizing that this is, this is a syndrome, and some people need some significant and some, some prevention they need yeah. prevent pr professional help you you need help recovering and so also you know i just want to say to our listeners and friends out there um if you need the help find the help yeah. too because this is we don't want it to metastasize it's far less painful it reduces suffering you know getting professional help is it's so and not to say that you're not going to have to do a lot of tea drinking and baths and walking in the woods and um being honest with yourself. Yeah, being honest with yourself. And you know what we haven't mentioned about the responses you can have to this is creative expression. I almost forgot to mention that. Mm, and yeah, I yeah. love that quote by Carrie Fisher, take your broken heart and turn it into art. Yeah. Um, so that's another really good one that may even be like a longer or a, a, to express a bigger emotion, not just the 70 emails that are in your box, but maybe death. Yeah. Maybe loss, maybe great loss. You know, these ways that we process emotions. Yeah. Maybe that's what that one is. I, I love know. that creativity, mm -hmm. honestly. And I have a good friend who took up painting after the death of a very dear friend of hers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is a very therapeutic thing. So again, it's another one. It's another one to add to the list. I don't want to lose this, I think, really important theme of the Nagoski twins' work, which is they do not believe the solution or cure to burnout is self-care. Not that it's not an element. They believe that the solution to burnout is basically a societal change. Yes. Where we don't have these expectations about long hours of work, where we provide the space and the time for emotional response and processing and a walk in the woods. And like, 
she made, I forget which twin it was that said this. It's hard to tell their voices apart because they're identical twins. Yeah. But one of the twins said, your self-care is only going to happen if the people around you value your value you as much as you do. Like value your self-care as much as you do, meaning it's hard to even achieve self-care until the community around you. And by the way, friends, I'm gesticulating like crazy as if you can see me. I'm expanding my arm at the community around you as if you could see me. Oh, well, I'm going to describe it because I mean it in the most expansive way because I'm trying to do justice to what they're saying. But they would say, they do say, we need a big cultural shift. shift. That's right. That would that would alleviate the burden on women of color, that would alleviate the burden on women and the division of labor and the second shift and all of the stuff. So, you know, sometimes I have a hard time buying into the big vision. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. But I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go for a walk in the woods. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm about operations. But I so appreciate their vision. And I'm going to be turning towards that. Yeah. And I I love it. And I want to leave. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to leave it at that. And also add that the community isn't just it, it's it's the work it's the workplace where oh yeah it's not your house it's not your family or your friends it's your workplace it's the people that ride the bus with you it's the people that park next to you it's the people in the grocery store who it's all of us yes it's the yeah it's all of us who are kind of bought into this set of mm-hmm. expectations and who who do have the power to change a lot of it but also at work it really is also it is the people you work for and the people you're working with mm-hmm. and recognizing where you can have influence and change on this on the system the that on that those external factors around you while you're also practicing these internal like operations is it does feel like that's the key right mm-hmm. there yeah those two thank you for reminding us of that and i didn't know that about you with a vision yeah sometimes i'm much better about operations Oh, that's why another reason why we're such a good I know, team. I know. Thanks for talking about this. Lots yeah, of good learning. Yeah. And in the meantime, friends out there, take good care of yourselves. Yeah. Ward off that burnout. Yeah. Yeah. If you're burnout and you can't get out, get some help. Get some help. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.